Hey friends, it's me, Katie Ann, and your host to the Full Confidence Ahead podcast, where we go on a journey together tackling the fears of life from family relationships to finance, from careers to community. Today, we are so excited to have Casey Pazant here with us today. She is a fitness instructor and is going to talk about the motivations and about keeping your body healthy. So we're going to have a moment for our sponsors, and then I'll introduce you to our guest and get excited. It's going to be a great day. Have you ever felt scared swiping your card at a cash register, not knowing if it would be declined or maxed out on your credit limit? Believe me, I've been there holding my breath waiting to check out. Thankfully, all of that fear melted away and turned into confidence when I took a financial literacy course. The PowerPay Money Master course has changed my experience at the cash register from fearful to fearless. The online course is video-based and gives you real-life money smarts. USU Extension is offering a free Money Master course to all Full Confidence Ahead listeners. Go to extensioncourses.usu.edu slash Powell and add the Money Master course to your cart. The link will give you the $40 course for free. You can also get the course discount by going to extensioncourses.usu.edu and finding the Money Master course under the finance category. Use the code KDAN. K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N with no spaces at checkout to claim your $40 discount and free course. Okay, Casey. So you are a wife, a mother of three and have eight grandkids. You've been in the fitness industry for 39 years, a personal trainer, a fitness cyclist, a fitness instructor, a cycle instructor. You've organized the big cottonwood Canyon half marathon. You're obsessed with the Ironman. Your life is very, very full. Thank you for taking the time to be with us here on this podcast today. Do you want to just say hello to our guests before we get going with our conversation? Hello, everyone. We are so excited to have you here. Casey, I just want to start off our conversation about why did you choose fitness? Like, what was the motivation with fitness for you? So I think for me, when I was in elementary school, I was very pigeon-toed. And I remember being very self-conscious about this. And I started thinking, how can I change that? And so I started paying attention to how I walked. And if if I felt pigeon-toed, I would look down um, and my feet would be pointing in. If I turned my feet out, when I looked down, I actually had straight feet. They were actually mm. pointing straight forward. And so I changed myself every day when I would walk in the hall, I would be paying attention. And so I, I guess I realized at that young age that a lot of what I was doing and how I was moving my body might feel differently in my head than it actually looked. And ultimately, I think as I got into my teens, I started realizing that the Lord puts us in situations and gives us certain skills that we then can hone in and master and teach other people around us how to do the same thing that we were able to do for ourselves. So I think that sums up sums up for me. I love to watch the body move. I love to pick people apart, including myself, and figure out how we can be our better self physically. That's a good, I didn't realize that your story of fitness starts from this moment of, 
of having a challenge of of fitness, let's say, yourself. I didn't realize that. Uh, for our podcast listeners too, Casey's also been my running running coach. So I am so grateful <laughs> for her. She has helped me grow into my body and appreciate my body and, and use it well. So that's part of the reason why I wanted her on the podcast as well. She's made a huge difference in my life. But over all the years I've known you, I had no idea this came out of a place of, was that even a place of hurt of where people would talk about being pigeon-toed? Or is it something? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. When, you know, in those ages, sometimes kids can be a little cruel when they don't understand. And so if I looked at myself and I was pigeon-toed, I was different. And, and it, it hurt me, right, to, to feel like I was different. And so I thought, how do I change that? And for whatever reason, I understood how to go ahead and change it. And I, I feel like that comes from the Lord. I feel like he prompted me to understand. And that's what I try to do with people in fitness is I try to help them understand what does their body feel like in their head? What's going on with their foot when they're picturing what they're doing? And, and, and that seems to help everybody be able to make a change physically so that they can what would you say um, they can just have better form maybe while they're exercising? Interesting. Let's talk a little bit about that, that head and the body. Cause that's really interesting to me. So you're telling me, and I want to make sure I'm getting this correct, that how I feel working out or moving in my head isn't necessarily what I look like in, in practice, right? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So let's use a squat, for instance, if you're asked to perform a squat, when you go to sit down, your knees might track in just a little bit and, and you might not even realize it, you may be looking at somebody and think, well, this is what I'm doing. And that trainer or somebody might say to you, can you move your knees out slightly because they're tracking in. And so then if you relate that to running form, if you're ever watching somebody run down the street and they kick their little leg out to the side or their foot kicks out to the side a little bit, you can tell that their knee tracks in, which means their glute um, or their bottom is a little bit weak. And, and so then you would say, okay, let's target your glute and strengthen that area so that you're not putting so much load on your ankle and your knee, for instance, not trying to get too technical. Interesting. How do you become more aware of that with your body of what's in your head and what your performance is? Because I'm, I'm assuming that's the ultimate goal of like, okay, I'm visualizing something and I'm performing it that way, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, I think awareness is probably the first step, right? A desire to make sure that your form is correct. And you'll have I'll have a lot of people say to me when I'm training them, well, I don't want to hurt myself. And I I think it's not necessarily a matter of short-term hurting yourself as much as it is strengthening the correct areas so that as we age, we don't continue to have issues, like I said, say with your ankles and your knees and your hips. So we actually are firing the correct muscles and your connective tissue is working effectively so that your joints and your muscles stay stronger as we age. Was that, did that answer your question? Absolutely. That totally answered my question. So, so for you then saying, how do I know this? Um, Maybe you could watch yourself in the mirror Mm -hmm. and see, are your joints lined up? Is your foot flat on the floor? Or you could ask your spouse or a child or a loved one or a trainer to Mm -hmm. 
look at you and say, can you see my joints lined up? Interesting. I want to ask about that being a trainer too, because you've expressed that you had this, this love of movement early on. And part of that is that your beautiful story of, of pain to now, now, now your lifestyle of, of something that you've grown into something beautiful with, with the gifts that the Lord has given you and all these things. Um, but the difference between being a trainer and just loving it for yourself, that's interesting to me because you can definitely go and love movement and have a gift to correct yourself and, and to be physically fit in that sense. But you've become this incredible coach over the years and you've done this for years. So how did you find the the passion to be a coach? Wow, I think... Um, like we were talking before, I just love to watch bodies move. And when I first started in the fitness industry, I worked in kind of one of those big box gyms where you actually have hundreds of bodies that you're able to get your hands on basically. And, and so that was a very big gift for me was to be able to see so many different people and their movement. And then again, I have to tap into the Lord because there is no question in my mind that he has given me an eye and he has given me a passion to say, this person is suffering. This person is struggling. How can I help them change their movement? And, and, and I actually take it really personally. If somebody comes and says, I've had pain, I seek out the answer to help them with their pain or their movement, whatever the modality, it could even be their exercise program. It could be massage therapy. It could be acupuncture. There's so many modalities to help us with discomfort. And, and so I, you'll laugh at this, but I actually consider it a blessing when I have something painful. (laughs) Okay. Because what happens then is I think, Oh, this is great. So now I get to figure it out for myself, which is the ultimate way to help somebody else figure something out is when you say, well, this is what works for me. And so it does not matter what the pain is, but I tr- trust me, I've had everything, right? Um, <laughs> in fact, just recently, about a year, uh, just a little over a year ago, I broke my elbow. Oh, ow. And, oh. And, and what a gift, right? I'm like, oh, yay. Now I'll be able to help people with elbow pain. This is fantastic. You know, and so The key for me is trying to figure out how to take some of these trials or these things that feel like they're setbacks and actually embrace them, have a good perspective and say, this is a learning tool for me. This is a tool for me to get better and wiser and be able to help my clients with this exact problem. Mm. That is just so beautiful. And I can totally attest that you've done that. <laughs> because I don't know if you remember, but when I was a, so for our podcast listeners, Casey was my running coach when I was like little, little, little in like sixth grade. She coached me that young to be able to run my very first half marathon. And I just look back on that all the time. I'm like, I had tiny little legs. Like I was a little person (laughs) and you helped me and quite a few other very, very young people run a half marathon. But I remember something you always told us. And I think you were trying to really help us have this relationship with pain that you've come into your life. But you always said, make pain your friend and you'll never be alone. (laughs) (laughs) And I, that is stuck in our family. Believe me. I love that. 
<laughs> we just we've just loved that throughout the years that you said that. But I think you're trying to teach us at a young age that relationship with pain of of obstacles being a gift. And I love how you've used that. I you know, I'm like, wow, I just want to be more like you every day because I would not be like, wow, this is a blessing <laughs> when I break my elbow. <laughs> Was it a journey to getting to that perspective? Oh, I, I would absolutely, absolutely a very big journey, right? Um, if you look at, at as we age, in fact, we were just joking about this today with a group of friends that are about my age and a little older. We were saying that we love every piece of the aging process with the oh. exception of our skin. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes, because what what you gain with aging is this wisdom that you do not have when you're younger you, and you can't have it you you have to have the struggles in your life to gain the perspective and the wisdom that ultimately brings you peace right mm -hmm. the peace that the the peace that we're talking about even with the lord the peace that the world does not offer us i i cannot have that peace as a 20 year old i i need the wisdom and the perspective from the Lord to have that peace. And, and that comes with aging, right? It's amazing. That's incredible. I have never heard aging being talked about in that way. And that is beautiful. Just a beautiful, you are a very connected person to, and a very accepting of like what's going on with your body. And have you had to do like, do you do mindfulness to be connected to your body in this way, both with aging and, and just who you are, or how have you found this fulfillment? Cause I, I think so many people are so probably our bodies are what we're most self-critical about. Sure. And you know, it's like either, Oh, like, I'm a little bit wider here than I want to be or not strong enough here. Or, you know, I think that's the most critical part of our lives. And I might be speaking just for myself, but, but I think that's more of a, of a humanity as a whole. And yet you're so peaceful with, with your body in the process. What advice do you have for us? Or, or what do you see the differences between you and your journey with that and, and other people? You know, I think that's an interesting question. So so if we say, let's just be, let's just be who we are in our skin, right? Does that mean then that I can't set a goal and say, like for me, I'm not going to set a weight goal and I'm not even going to set a measurement goal, let's mm -hmm. say, but, but I am going to set a goal to be as strong as I can be at whatever age I am. And I am also going to practice discipline with my nutrition. Okay, so as we're talking about our bodies, nutrition for me, in my opinion, is about 90% of what we can accomplish. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to be disciplined and scheduled with nutrition, that helps me to be where I'm comfortable in my body. Does that make sense? Totally. Okay, so, so there's a lot that goes into that is I need to be prepared. I need to do food prep. I need to have a game plan because if I go to the refrigerator and say, oh my gosh, those carrots look amazing and they're not cut up, I'm going to shut the fridge and go to the chips, totally. right? So it's even understanding our weaknesses. Where am, What are my weaknesses and my temptations? I need to learn to manage myself. So that's the biggest mm -hmm. ticket is, is 
pick yourself apart just a little bit in a loving way. So what, what I'm suggesting is don't say, oh, you're so horrible. You're so weak. Why can't you do this? It's more like, okay, I love chips. So what kind of chips do I love? Those chips have to stay out of the house. Okay, so this is what I'm talking about, discipline, and talking to yourself, just saying, oh, those chips are so good, don't buy them, because you can't resist them. Okay, there's my discipline. But I do have a really good meal that I've already prepared in the fridge. Go ahead and get that out and eat that. And then I also suggest, in along this line of discipline, that you, you give yourself a cheat meal, I like to call it. Because we, we're so critical to ourselves if we don't behave what we would consider perfect, then we're we're negative to ourselves. And rather than than behave that way, I'll say I'm going to be disciplined with every meal. I love the meals I prepare, but I'm also going to give myself a cheat meal. And I look forward to that cheat meal every week. Hmm. Right? Does, did, did that, did I get off track? Totally. No, you're right on track. I love uh, that's something very applicable that we could do. I I love what you're saying too is um, you're taking out perfection from this body image, from this eating, and you're saying, okay, most of the time, and you're going to see progress with this most of the time, and then allowing yourself to be also human every once in a while. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Mm. Yep. That is beautiful. That, that, that to me is beautiful. I also really, really loved how you said instead of a weight goal or instead of a measurement goal, you set a strength goal. I think that, do you do that with most people? You know what? I personally, in my personal training, I do not measure people and I mm. do not weigh people. And, mm. you know, I'll even ask them if they'd like me to do that. Um, I one time had a gentleman that I trained. I trained him. I started training him when he was 60 years old and wow. I did his body fat and his weight once a year. We would only do it once a year. And for three consecutive years, we would do that body fat and weight and all three years, he was exactly the same. Hmm. He weighed the same and his body fat was the same. And so he asked me that year, why am I training with you? If my weight is the same and my body fat's the same, why am I training with you? And I said to him, you've just aged three years and your body fat and your weight are the same. That's why you're training with me. Because in three years, as we age, we lose muscle mass every year and muscle mass is so hard to gain. It's, it's very difficult to gain. So when I look at the fact that he weighed the same and had the same amount of body fat three years later from a 60 year old to a 63 year old, that's telling me he's gaining and maintaining muscle mass. Hmm. That's why his, that's why his muscle mass is the same. If he'd been doing nothing at all, we would have seen a drop in his muscle mass and probably uh, a gain in his weight. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. So as I'm aging, my goal is to have as much muscle mass as I can have every year. That's my goal. That's why I say I want to be stronger every year. And we'll feel some drop in some things, but there's no reason that we cannot set that really aggressive goal of maintaining muscle mass, maintaining strength every year. I love that you've said that too. And, and I feel like you've uh, adjusted that your one client's story into success, success story. Cause I don't think maybe we all who are not trainers kind of fall into the trap of not calculating in life 
to our goals. Um, and you helped this client realize that life is aging, you're aging, and that's going to change your body and changes are okay. But the fact that he's maintaining where he is, is absolutely incredible. I love how you just showed the bigger picture in that. Yes. Very, very unique. Um, how, how did you find the bigger picture in your life? How did you kind of step out of just, okay, like hitting that body weight or, but finding the holistic health, because I feel like you're a very holistic health person of when, whenever you were training me or other people is you're looking at the whole person of healthy lifestyles instead of just one goal and then you're done and then you relapse. So how do you get to this, this overall health? So I think, so I'm going to go back into the kid running days with Mm -hmm. you. Okay. Um, this is, I think what works for me and I've watched it work with so many people and especially kids. This is such an amazing way to help our kids learn that they can do things that are hard. Okay. So, so running kids for me was not about running. Mm -hmm. It was about life lessons, but we used running as a vehicle to learn those life lessons. So, um, I've told so many people this, but every single one of you kids that I have run with over 15 years, your stories live in my soul. They are a part of me. And just the amazing things that you would say um, have helped shape my life. And so let's just real quickly look at what we did with a half marathon with you kids. I had a, a schedule written out that was about four months long, four yeah, we'd start January and then we would run a race in April. And, and so what I did was I broke down the month, then a week, and then the day. And, and I would present you and your parents with the full marathon schedule, which is extremely overwhelming if you've never run a half marathon. You know, to look at that schedule and say, I have a 10-mile run. I can't run a 10-mile. I, I, I can't run 10 miles. I can't even run a mile right now. And Back in the days when I was running with you, I literally would start the kids out in January and we would walk 10 steps, run 10 steps, walk 10 steps, run 10 steps. And (laughs) we would maybe do that for a mile. And then we'd build up, run 20 steps, walk 10 until we actually were running a half a mile or a mile. And, And every running session we would build up and, and every week we would build up. And so my goal was to teach all of us that we could do things that were hard by having a schedule written out. I have this goal in four months. How do I get there? You, you, you taper it down all the way to one day at a time. That's how we get there. Um, I've had so many fun stories. This is actually really a funny one, but um, one of the girls, um, called me up. We had a 10 mile run and I think it was snowing that day. So mind you, we're training from January until um, April. And so, Oh, I remember snow. (laughs) Don't you worry. (laughs) Yeah. We ran in mostly snowy days, very difficult, right? So we're also overcoming that emotion as well. I don't want to go run in the snow. Well, we've got a schedule. We have to. So I had one girl call me one time and say, can I run the 10 miles on my treadmill? And so I said to her, well, are you running the half marathon on the treadmill? And she said, no. I said, then no, you can't. You need to come and run in the snow (laughs) because we don't know what the day is going to present for us on half marathon day. And we need to be emotionally ready for whatever comes our way. 
<laughs> that's you know it's wow I when you're so young you're like I don't I don't really remember us having all these schedules and set in but now I'm realizing holy cow you had this ready for us like a success plan ready for us I remember our first eight mile run oh my goodness <laughs> I thought I was gonna die it was like a, in my little kid brain it was a blizzard it was totally like it was snowing so hard and I I, I remember starting off with those run 10 steps walk 10 steps I remember that I I can still I can still run that eight mile course that you have through the neighborhood like I that the eight mile one I run I think was one of the most impactful for me because it was exactly that it was blizzarding and and it was two four mile loops that we had to do so it was like you crossed over the trail twice and I it it would have been so easy to give up but it was the people around me and you, and I remember there was a girl, Allie, and <laughs> some other running people that I'm like, if they're doing it, I can still do hard things. Like if they're doing hard things, I can do hard things. If they're doing hard things, I can do hard things. Um, and also with this ultimate goal of like, ah, I'm running a half marathon here soon. I can't just like stop. <laughs> um, and I didn't realize. So do you think these uh, these plans or taking a goal and writing it down to a schedule. Do you see that as a huge success key? For me personally, it is the only way I have success. So yes, if you came and looked in my book, you would see um, half Ironman training schedules from years and years and years. So, and, and so, yes, I absolutely personally have to have a schedule written out for me to have accountability mm -hmm. and success. And but what I love to do is I write the schedule with enough leeway. So I did this with you kids as well, that if I come and I see that that we're kind of broken down, we're really suffering, we don't want to be there and and I can't change my perspective, then I actually would say, you know, what, let's have a game day today. And so there's my cheat meal. So you see how we work that in. So that was our game day. And, and then we come back rejuvenated to run again the next day. And where we might even say, oh, I only have a five mile run today. Okay. You know, we come back with a different perspective, right? And, and so, so yes, a schedule is mandatory for me to have success. Um, and again, the accountability is very critical, but let's say I get up one day and I have a workout scheduled and emotionally, I just think, I, I, I don't think I can do it today. And so for me personally, this is how I talk to myself. I allow myself to say, wow, I do not know if I can do this workout today. And then I allow myself to say either, you know what, you've worked into your schedule that you could take a day off or you could have an easy day today go ahead. But I only have a few of those days, right? Mm -hmm. Then I have to come back and say, no, this is your goal. This is what you have to do. So you need to stick to it. And so that helps me to have that accountability. Um, did, did that make sense? That totally makes sense. That gives me so much hope that even you have those days of like, okay, I'd like, I don't necessarily want to show up to work out today, but those cheat days, because I definitely... You guys, I normally pass Casey in the morning at the gym and <laughs> oh, I struggle getting up out of bed all the time. I feel like I battle with myself every day. So just to know that you do too on some days just also brings me hope. But as long as we're winning that battle like 90% of the time and then allowing ourselves to have the grace of those cheat days 
and planning in our schedules. I, I love that. That that gives me like, oh, okay, if Casey's like that, I can be like that too, you know? Right. It goes back to what we talked about, taking the word perfection out of your vocabulary. Mm -hmm. um, we can be the best we can be every day, right? And some days the best we have says, I need to take the day off. Mm -hmm. And and we allow it. That's the best I had that day. Does that, do you know what I'm saying? Totally. And totally. then other days you say, no, you took yesterday off, pick yourself up, get up early, be organized and get your day done. And, and then look back and reflect and be grateful that you had the ability to do that. I love that. I, I'm such a big proponent of that, eliminating perfection from our vocabulary. And I think you really helped. I, you set me up for success, helping me do that as a kid too. Um, and that's now gone into my adult years. And Casey, we're just so grateful that you've had the time to come on with us. And as we wrap up, I just want to ask you the last question that we always ask our guests. And that is, what is one piece of advice you'd give your younger self to boost your confidence? Oh, to boost my confidence. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this may, I'm not sure if this will exactly relate to the boost your confidence, but let me, as I've been pondering this, let me just um, bring this forward. So I came across a book about 10 years ago. It's called The Anatomy of Peace. Mm. And what this book did for me as I was reading it as an adult was it taught me how to, how to, have peace with myself in my heart. And, and so then if I could go back now to my younger self, I would love to have read that book and understood what it is to be at peace in your own heart. And, and really it comes down to being able to forgive yourself and being able to forgive others that you're not harboring all of this hurt and hate. And so, I, I mean, I think you can probably relate that to confidence where, where you basically say, I have the confidence that I'm even a good person, right? I'm a loving person because I behave this way. Absolutely. I actually like how you're redefining confidence here for us just in our last few minutes of that. I, I Sometimes I think we think confidence is these really strong, like, bold qualities which it can be but I also think confidence is that that inner peace is when you're confident in your life you also have this this wholeness this peace this this relaxation because you're confident enough you don't have to be white knuckling items in your life that you found this piece. So I'm so glad you shared that with us. Casey, thank you so much for being on with us. We are just delighted that you came and where can our podcast listeners find you if they want to ever come and have a, have a fitness lesson with you? Where do you teach? I currently am training clients at the life center. It's in Sandy. Um, you can, you can find me there. Do you want me to give an email or a number? Yeah, that's What's great best for you. Um, you can reach me at hello at vigorutah.com that's hello at v-i-g-o-r-u-t-a-h.com perfect we are so grateful that you have on and just a reminder for our podcast listeners that's the life center in sandy utah and hello at vigorutah.com right that was correct yes correct perfect casey truly thank you so much for your time absolutely katie Ann. 
After every episode, I'm amazed at what each of our guests have accomplished in their lives. They inspire me to go for my dreams and seize opportunities. The reality of life is that every opportunity and dream has a financial implication, and knowing how to manage and grow your money will not only help you achieve your goals, but also get to them faster. Utah Money Moms has been a resource for me to learn how to better manage my money and turn my dreams into reality. Their website is full of interactive material to engage all learning styles. My favorite resource is their free monthly webinars where I can listen and have my questions answered by financial counselors and educators. Head on over to utahmoneymoms.com or utahmoneymoms on Instagram to access free empowering material. Again, that is utahmoneymoms.com or utahmoneymoms on Instagram. Thanks for listening in on the Full Confidence Ahead podcast. Weekly on Tuesdays, we'll continue our journey of confidence together through new interviews and insights. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on the latest conversations and confidence boosts. And by the way, you got this because you deserve to live life full confidence ahead. See you next week.